Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. We are finishing up this series um, on the words of Christmas, this Welcome to Christmas series. And uh, we've talked about peace, and we've talked about joy, and we've talked about hope, and we're finishing up with this word love. And the Christmas story is full of love. And the Christmas season in general is a season of love all around, I feel. We can constantly see uh, love being spread at this season, and not just in the church, but everywhere. Sure, you know, you think of um, mistletoe, a, a symbol of love at Christmas. I, I have one hanging, um, right? We have uh, at the rental room right now, it's got high ceilings and beams, and I hung one right at the beam where I know my wife's going to be walking often throughout the day. I thought about getting like nine of them and putting them over every doorway in the house, but there's too many people over, and you might get weird, so I'm like, no, let's just have one. We know it's there. But mistletoe. Um, that symbol of love at Christmas, and it is a season of love. You might miss it when you go to the mall or in the parking lot. Sure, I understand not a lot of love in the parking lot at the mall this season, um, but it does surround the season. In the music uh, of Christmas, you see love. You know, Obviously, our carols we love, uh, but even just the regular Christmas. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. It's actually not a lot of love in that song, is there? It's the opposite. The very next day, you gave it a terrible song. Um, over and over, there's songs about in the movies of Christmas. I'm a Christmas movie buff, okay? If you don't like Christmas movies, thank you, Mercy. Goodness gracious. Hallelujah. Goodness gracious. Listen, Christmas movie, besides Hallmark, okay? Can't do the Hallmark movies, man. Too predictable, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'll watch with my wife because I'm a good guy. Uh, but the Christmas movies are full of love. You think of Rudolph. You like Rudolph? And start to make some noise. So if you see a movie you like, I want you to be like, yeah, I like that one. If you don't like it, you can say boo. I don't care, okay? Just, I want, we got we to work off each other. This is our last Sunday of the year. Rudolph, this, this love for your friends, right? You got all these different people. I haven't seen this movie in ages, by the way. Um, uh, Yukon Cornelius. Uh, Rudolph, Santa Claus is coming to town. Another great one. Put one foot in front of the other. Have you seen this one, Shy? I hope so. Goodness gracious, all right? Santa Claus, the love for your friends. Frosty the Snowman. Okay, classic, right? It's a good one. I don't like this one as much. Frosty Returns, even worse. John Goodman's not really good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it, really. Zero stars for Frosty Returns. But Frosty the Snowman, love for your friends. We also see um, in movies the love of a, of a in family, like a father and a son. So I know love for your fellow man first, though. We see this, I love, there's like a billion Christmas carols. I really enjoy this one. It's a great one. Uh, uh, but in this one, Scrooge. Hates everybody. He's a miser. He's greedy. And then the ghost of Christmas present and past and, and yet to come, come. And at the end of it, he's like, you know, he loves everybody and he brings a turkey and tiny Tim lives and it's wonderful and love for your fellow man. We see, we see. Um, I also, this is my favorite version of Christmas Carol, though. The only version of Christmas Carol that really matters. Have you seen this one, Shy? Coming over this week. We're watching, all right? You cannot miss this one, all right? Great. Uh, uh, Michael Caine, it's, oh, he's amazing. Uh, this one right here, another one about love for your fellow man, right? Now, they got the old one, the, the old Dr. Seuss one. I really enjoy this one. This one cracks me up. We watched it, I think, two nights ago, and I still laugh after seeing it a million times. But what? He's a Grinch. He doesn't like anybody. He hates the Who's. He's terrible. And at the end, 
you know, he's da-hu-do-re-da, and he's singing with him, and it's love, and it's love for your fellow man, love between a father and son. This is Dan's favorite movie, right? How many have not seen Jingle All the Way? Mercy? We're having, we're having church movie night. That's what we're doing. Church movie night. We're binge watching all 12 of them on Christmas Eve. No more singing on Christmas Eve. No nativity. We're doing all Christmas movies. That's it. Jingle all the way. Come on. Put the cookie down. Right? Come on. It's a great movie. But the father and son. Uh, this is another one between a father and son. This is a great one. Have you seen this one? Mercy. I'm going to, my goodness. This is a great movie between a, a love between a father and son. There's some disconnect there, and in the end, uh, a love for your family, you know, just beyond a son and a father and son. This is a great one about love for your family. I enjoy this movie. National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, hilarious. This is my father-in-law's favorite movie. It's funny. It's of the love of a family, the Christmas season. This one, though, is a wonderful one, okay? And it's a wonderful life is the name of the movie. This is a beautiful movie, old movie, a lot of great history. I know. This is, this is a good one, though. It's a wonderful life. I'm going to change, Clarence. Come on, you got to watch this one. This is, this is great. And then there's movies, Christmas movies, Christmas movies about like, loving justice. You know, this is a great Christmas movie. Die Hard, Bruce Willis, right? Shy, you seen this one? Oh, come on, Shy. Now, that one I know is debatable for people, but, but um, I love the Christmas movies. And, and I also like having a good time in church, too. So... Um, no, but, but all those, the season of Christmas and the movies and the music and everything is, is it's a time when we show love for one another. Really, if you think about it, Christmas morning, um, whether you're Christian or, 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 or not, I mean, most people on Christmas that celebrate, they gather together and they give gifts to each other. They show love for one another. As Christians, as, a, as individuals, uh, we should, during Christmas time, it's almost easier and more natural for us to show love to, as individuals, to people, to our families, as a church. Even yesterday, what we were able to do, what an opportunity to show the love of God during this Christmas season for these precious families that may not be able to experience that with their kids, uh, except in a place like this. And it's a time when we show love for one another. But at the root of it all, at the very beginning of what Christmas is, before all the movies and, and all the music and the decorations and all the Christmas traditions that we hold so dear, before all of that, before any of that, at the root, the foundation of Christmas is a pregnant Jewish teenager scared out of her mind in a dirty stable on a cold Bethlehem night. That's at the root of it all, church. And we may say, like, we know that, like, oh, yeah, Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, yeah, we all, we sing the Christmas songs. But, but at the root of all this Christmas stuff that we love, and, and that is wonderful, by the way, is this young teenage girl in Bethlehem ready to give birth to the Savior of the world. It's love. We see love. We see the love of a mother as she holds her newborn baby in that stable we see the love of Mary for, for baby Jesus as he lies in that manger. We see the love of a husband, a, a new husband, a new father for his wife and newborn son that was promised as well in Joseph. We see the love of a holy God for his creation, for you, for me, willing to send his only begotten son to one day give his life for the world. We see love when we look at Christmas. The story of Christmas is a story love. If you have your Bibles, you can go to, we're going to look at 1 John. We're not going to be in Luke 2 like we normally have been. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. 
And we're going to look at this love that God has and how we can see it at Christmas time. The, the words are on the screen, the, the scriptures, if you do need them. Um, 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to read through, the, read through it, explain it a little bit, jump into the message and be done shortly. We see in 1 John 4 verse 7, John the apostle says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and, and knoweth God. John is saying here to, to the people he's writing to that we must love each other. Love, yes, it comes from God. It starts with him. And when we love one another with the love of God, it shows that we've been given new life, that we've been born of God. We're a new creature in him. We can love people. We're, we're God's children. We know him. Verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Yes, God is love. Anyone who, who doesn't love others like we should, and, 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 and listen, if, if you don't love people, there's people all over the world that, that can't stand people, that they, they just can't fathom loving somebody besides maybe their, their close people. And John is saying, listen, he that loveth not knoweth not God. You don't have the love of God in your heart for other people you've, just because you've never known God. You've never met God. You've never experienced his love in your life. Verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. How did God show us his love? He showed his love for us when he sent his only son into the world, Jesus Christ, to give us life. That's what John's saying here in verse 9. It was manifested, it was shown. The love of God was shown by him sending his only son to give us life. Verse 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What is John saying here? Real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. That's real love. God sent his son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice, the propitiation, the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. Church, that's love. That's love. And it started in that Stable in Bethlehem when God sent his son, when God came to earth, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He came as Jesus Christ, his own son. And that is the love that we see, a love that rescues us from condemnation, a love that frees us from the slavery of sin, a love that accepts us where we are, a love that redeems us, a love that saves us from hell, a love that reconciles, restores that relationship to the Father, a love that transforms us to what God created us to be. That's the love we see in God. So as we think about this advent of love today in this last sermon of this Christmas series, can I implore you this morning? Can I urge you this morning with some thoughts? Just two things this morning and we'll be through. I'm asking you this morning, church, to see the love of God for you. See the love that God has for you. You're like, oh, I know that. You know, I grew up singing, Jesus loves me, this. I know we sing all the songs and I know that God loves me. See the love of God for you. Often we walk around life, we walk through life and through situations and circumstances like we have nobody, like we are unloved, like we are unwanted, like we don't deserve love. Church, I'm asking you this morning, I'm begging you this morning, imploring you to see the love of God for you. See his love for you as he sends his son. 
to be born. See his love for you in the way that he came. He didn't come the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He didn't come into a palace and a throne. No, God sent his son to be born in a stable in Bethlehem around animals. And there wasn't even any room for them in the cheap hotel next door. No, no. That's how God's, see that love that he, he came to us where we are in our lowest point. See his love for you in the people in the story of Christmas that look and think and act like us. It wasn't all, yes, we know the wise men came at a later time and worshiped, but that first night at that stable, who was there? The shepherds, the angels came and, and said, glory to God in the highest, not to the, the, the greatest kings and leaders of nations at that time, but no, to the lowly shepherds on a hillside. See, his love for you, that he, he comes, he doesn't, he's not waiting for us to, be, to become something and to, to just to show off. No, 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 he comes to us where we're at, loves us, changes us. Helps us grow. See his love for you in the life and miracles of Jesus in his ministry. All that Jesus did to prove that he was who he said he was. See his love for you as he goes to the cross, as he walks the road uh, to Golgotha and carries that cross on his back for you. See his love for you as he begins his life in a wooden manger and then gives his life on a wooden cross. That's love. See his love for you as he comes out of the grave after three days being dead, he resurrects, he rises again. See his love for you. He did that for you, for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See his love for you and how he found you. How he found you. He wasn't waiting for you to, to become, no, no. He came to where you were. He came down to your level and lifted you up out of the pit, out of the miry clay, set your feet upon a solid rock. That's his love for you. See his love for you when he sought you out. He went looking for you. He went looking for you when you were maybe not even really running from him. Thought you had life all together. And he came looking for you. See his love for you when he rescued you from yourself. See his love for you when he led you through the valley of the shadow of death. See his love for you as he poured out painful grace on your life to teach you. His love is so evident in our lives if we just look, if we just open the eyes of our hearts. Listen, we could never miss it. His love for us. His love is all around us. We can never run from it. We can never hide from it. We can never stop it. That's the love of God. Siri, she's trying to disrupt my message right now. Listen, his love is there, church. His love is there. You can't, just like his goodness that we sing about, it's running after. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, his love, his, his love never fails. His love never goes away. Listen, it's like an, an avalanche of pure white snow. You've seen videos maybe or on movies or on documentaries or Discovery Channel, those avalanches of snow that just crash down a mountain, covering everything, tearing down trees, tearing down forests, whatever comes in its powerful path. That's like the love of Jesus that comes crashing into our lives. 
covering every sin, every failure, every fault, all the guilt, all the shame. His love pours over it, tearing down the forest of the lies of the enemy that he's planted in our hearts, leaving us whiter than snow in the eyes of a holy God. Why? Because when we uh, see the love of God and accept it and believe on Jesus, we are clothed in the righteousness of God. So when God sees me and sees you accepting of Christ, believing on him, he sees his son, that love of God that pours over us. Hallelujah for the love of God. The love of God that we see even in the Christmas story. There's a hymn that I used to sing growing up and in my earlier years in ministry. And the, the words of the song are this, and probably some of you may know this song, some of you may not, but the words are powerful, and I was thinking about them last night. The song says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the water lifted me. Now safe am I. And the chorus says, love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Brother and sister today, lost soul today, friends, strangers today, see the love of God for you. You must be intentional about it. See the love of God for you. Don't miss it. Open the eyes of your heart. Think of your life. Yeah, well, I've had so many trials and tragedies. Yes, yes, I know, but who has brought you through them all? Who has walked with you? Who has saved your soul? It's God, and he loves you. And after you see that love, after you see that love that he has for you, may I challenge you to show the love of God. To others, you see the God that the love of, that God has for you, and then when you see that love that He has for you, take that love that He's given to you and show the love of God to others. The same chapter we were in, First John four seven and eight, we read, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God." And and and, and later on, a few verses later, we see John continues talking about the love of God, and he says in verse eleven, he says this. He says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time, verse 12. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. John says, yes, yes, God loves us. He showed his love to us by sending his son to die for us. Man, it's not about our love for him, it's about his love for us. That's, that's real love. That's what he said earlier in the chapter. And now he says, listen, if God loved us, so much. And we, we really should love one another. We really should love each other. He said, no, no, one, no one has ever seen God with their own eyes. We haven't seen God with our own eyes. But if we love each other, he's saying, God lives in us and his love is truly in our hearts. And that's how people can see God in us by our love, the love that he's given us poured out to others. Verse 13, hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. God has given us his spirit. We talk about that in past church. That when we're saved, when we accept Christ, the spirit of God is in our hearts. That's how we know that we're one with him as he is one with us. That spirit that is in us, giving us the grace and power to live like Jesus and to live out in love and in patience and kindness. Verse 14, he says, and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. That's verse 14. God sent his son to be the savior of the world. We saw his son. 
We see Jesus and are now telling others about him and his love for them. John's like, listen, because of that love for us, how can we show love to others? Number one, by telling them about Jesus Christ. What better way to show the love of God that he's given to you, how he's rescued you and saved you and delivered you? By pouring that gospel message into other people's lives. That's what John said. He's like, listen, verse, verse, verse 20. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get there in just a moment, actually. We'll leave those scriptures up for a minute. When we begin to understand God's love for us, church, we will share it and we'll show it to others. When we really begin to understand how much God truly loves us and what he's done for us, I mean, we can't help but share it. We can't help but pour it out into other people's lives. Yes, we're sinners. Yes, we're tempted. Yes, there's oftentimes we become so selfish and self-dependent and self-reliant and it's all about us. But listen, when we, when we live in that love that God has for us, and under, begin even just a fraction to understand how much he loves us, we will, we will share it. We will show it to others. We must. It's our calling. It's our duty as Christians. Listen, out here yesterday with these kids and families running around and, and messes being made and craziness going on, I'm like, this is a way we can show the love of God to our community. This is a way. This is just a, a way. By telling them they have a place they can come, by sharing the gospel, by sharing the love of God with them. Listen, it's the love of God shown to us and the love of God shown through us. So what else does John say? The scriptures are here now. John says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Man, that's challenging. John's saying, hey, if we say we love God but we don't love each other, we're liars. We can't even see God. So how can we love God and not see him? But then the people that we do see in our lives... Not love them. Verse 21, this commandment have we from him. From who? From Jesus gave us this commandment. This commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. God left that command to, yes, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. But likewise, like unto it, Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Love each other. That's what God commanded us to do. And that's what John reminds us here this morning. All that love that God has poured over us. All that love that he has shown to us. We're commanded, church, to pour it into others. To love with patience. To love with kindness. To love by thinking of others before yourself. To love your enemies. To love with forgiveness. To love with giving. Listen, there's so many examples of love that God has shown me in my life, big and small. I could go on forever. There's one story in particular that I, 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 when I think about God's love for me and the little ways that God shows his love for me. I, I was a new dad. I was a new youth pastor. It was my first Christmas away from my hometown in Michigan. It was me and Maris walking through Meyer, which is like your Michigan Walmart. And we had little baby Donald, who was probably maybe just around a year, maybe a year and a half or so. He was young. And we were walking through Meyer. We weren't making much money at all. And 
it was just, you know, the money was tight. We just, I didn't really know how to manage money well either, but, but we just didn't have a lot, which was fine. We were, we were happy. And we're walking through Meyer, and Donald had found this little bouncy ball with the like, glitter and water inside that when you hit it, it lights up and flashes. And we had found it like in the cleaning section, you know? So he just said, you know, grab it. He's playing with it in the cart there. And a lady walks by us and she says, hey, that's a really cool little ball. Where did you guys find that? And we were like, oh, like, we don't even know what part of the store. We just found it over here, but you can have it. She's like, my grandkids would love this. I said, well, you, you take this one. Like, there's probably drool on it for wiping it off. And the, but like, hey, you can have this ball. Like, you take it. And we don't, we're not going to get it. She's like, well, no, why aren't you going to get that? And I was like, well, we just, we just kind of, we're using it to keep them busy. Like, it's fine. In our hearts, we're like, every dollar counted. So we were like, we're not buying this little ball. We just, we're trying to get groceries. You know I mean, that's, that's what we need. It was December mid-December, and she says, no, you get it for him. I'm like, no, no, no. And she finally said, I want you to get it for him, and gave me a $20 bill. And you're like, well, that's really nothing. It was something. And <laughs> she said, I want you to get this for him. Get that ball for him. I said, oh, oh, all right. And she walked, she said, Merry Christmas, and gave me a big hug and walked away. And me and Marissa stood there in the aisle and we just started crying. Like, <laughs> it was just like God's way of like, hey, I'm watching. I'm, I'm there. We, we bought the ball. We kept the ball for years because it was such a great reminder. I don't know where it is now. We've moved so many times. But then that's not the end of the story because four months later, I was on Facebook on the messenger. And you know how you have unread messages? Like people that aren't your friends. You can't see those messages unless you click like a separate folder. This was like 10 years ago. I saw that folder with an unread message. And I clicked on it. I'm like, who is this person? Some lady. And I clicked on it. And I started reading this big paragraph someone had sent me back in December. The same day we were at that store. And it, I realized it was this, after a few sentences, it was this lady. She had found her because I had given her a track for the church after we had talked to her that day. And she said, hi, I'm, I'm the lady that met your nice family today while at Meyer. And again, I'm reading this in March now. This is four months earlier that this, she had sent this. And she said, I saw your family today. She said, and I thought about my own son. She said, he would have been 29 today. She said, 29 years ago, when he was, uh, uh, you know, sh shortly after he was born, he, he died of SIDS and passed away at just a few months old. And she said, every Christmas, I try to find a family that I can be a blessing to, that I can show love to, but they have to have a little boy because it's, it's like my gift to my son. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, yeah, me, believe me, I'm reading this like, wow. And can I tell you something? That spoke to me in such a deep way. One, and just what a blessing it was. But then in a conviction of like, am I loving people like this lady who may not even know the Lord? By the way, I've remained friends with this lady for the last decade. She just commented on a post of her family. And I said, Sherry, I can't believe it's been so long we haven't connected. She goes, I've been watching your story the whole way. <laughs> she goes, it's so amazing what God has done in your life and in your family. And I'll tell you, church, I've never forgotten. I've never forgotten the love of God in that moment for me. I've never forgotten that somebody decided to show love just because. She didn't have to do that. Church, are we showing love to the people that God has placed us around. To the friend, yeah, sure, easy. To the family, even easier. But to the stranger, 
to maybe the person we really don't even like being around. Because I'm telling you, God has loved us unconditionally and has dumped his love, poured his love all over us. Are we even passing that along, especially at Christmas? I wanted to hang the mistletoe right here. I forgot it at the house. And it was probably too high for me anyway. So. But I was thinking about love and mistletoe, and I looked it up, and I never realized that the history of mistletoe, it goes back thousands of years to the ancient Celtic people. I'll give you a little history lesson this morning. And these ancient Celtic people thousands of years ago saw this semi-poisonous plants, which kind of takes a little bit of the romanticizing out of mistletoe, the fact that it's kind of poisonous. <laughs> but they saw it as a symbol of life. Why did they see, why did these ancient people see mistletoe, this little green leaves and white berries, why did they see it as a symbol of life? I'll tell you why. Because not only did this plant, this mistletoe, survive by growing and multiplying off the life of other trees... And what it would do is it would start off by the roots and grow up the roots of these larger, more strong and sturdy trees. It would grow up these and then down the branches and, and then it would be transplanted by birds. Birds would eat the berries and then the birds would go to another tree and dispose of them, how only birds do. And again, that also takes some of the love out of the mistletoe right there for you. Uh, but, and this, this mistletoe would spread and, and survive. But not only that way, but beyond those facts, mistletoe was seen as a symbol of life because it could grow even in the harsh winters that the people faced at this time. When all other plants died and leaves shriveled up and fell off branches of other trees and fruits and vegetables were unable to, to grow, the mistletoe continued to thrive. It lasted. It made it through. And nothing could stop its growth. And these people saw that and recognized it. And it became a symbol of life. And then over the years, turned into Christmas traditions and kissing on the mistletoe, all that stuff. But it started with being a symbol of life that lasted even through the harshest winters and storms. And isn't that like the love of God in us? The greatest love of all that stands like an unmoving and unwavering mighty oak tree that, that no wind or storm or blizzard can knock it down. And when we tie ourselves to him, as he said, abide in me and I in you, his love in us and through us, like that little mistletoe that holds on to the tree and grows up its trunk and its branches. And even when the storms of life beat upon us and the cold and lonely days try to stunt our growth and tear us down, the love of the Father marches on to us and it marches on through us hallelujah for the love of God the scriptures say that nothing can separate us from the love of God nor height nor depth nor principalities or powers nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus we can love others because of his love for us so this Christmas church I'm asking you to be intentional See the love of God for you. And when you see that love, experience that love, and accept that love that he has for you, no matter who you are or where you've been, show that same love he has for you to others. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. 
You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.